Amen and amen. So I hope you guys are, are as excited as I am to be able to dig into the word of God this morning. We're going to be coming from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, yeah, chapter 4, and the title of this message is called Enduring the Race. So we're going to go ahead and jump right in. We're going to be coming from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 through 18. This is going to be the beginning of a brief series on endurance, and I just figured that it would be a perfect time to be able to release a message or a little series like this as we begin to re-enter into the normal way of, uh, or if there ever will be such a thing as, you know, a norm, any kind of normalcy. And, you know, of course, we've all been talking about creating a new norm and and, and all of that and, and kind of going back to what I said earlier about uh, just continuing in that that faith in every area of our life, even outside of the church, not just relying on having to go to church to uh, to spend time with the Lord and just being able to establish new normals uh, new, or new norms uh, in our life, in our everyday living. So I thought this was a good uh, a good point of time to release this this little series on endurance. And so we're going to call this Enduring the Race. We're going to go ahead and read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 through 18. He says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. That's good stuff. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then, death worketh in us, but life in you. We, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken, we also believe, and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. Verse 15. Knowing, or I'm sorry, verse 14. Knowing, and I, I love when he when he moves into a, a new train of thought and begins with that word knowing. We don't have to hope, we don't have to wish, but we can know. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Verse 15, for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many Redound to the glory of God. That'll preach somewhere. For which cause we faint not, but through our outward man, but I'm sorry, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, 
but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. This is some heavy and some powerful stuff here, you guys. So here the Apostle Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church of some of the hardships and the trials that he and his co-workers were subjected to for preaching the gospel. Uh, one of those is that he was troubled on every side, but even though he was troubled, he was not distressed. He says we are perplexed, but even though we are perplexed, we do not despair. We're persecuted, but God has never forsaken us. We're cast down, but we're never destroyed. So in saying this, Paul is conveying a very important message to us all. He goes on to say that even in spite of all of these hardships that's been coming against him, in verses 16 and 17, he says, for which cause we faint not. So out of all of those things that are coming against the apostle Paul, being troubled on every side, being perplexed and bewildered and persecuted and cast down. He says, for, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Paul understood that these things were going to happen. And in many other instances in the scripture, Paul said, I rejoice for the fellowship of Christ's suffering, for even having the privilege to be able to suffer for the, for the furtherance of the gospel and the building of the kingdom's sake, I rejoice and count myself not even worthy to do it, but thanks be to God that he has allowed me to play some small part in the grand scheme of building such a thing as the kingdom of Almighty God. And somebody ought to get excited and somebody ought to say amen because Paul is setting a serious standard for the believer in his life. And he goes on to say in verse 17, for our light affliction, he, he calls it the light affliction because, it, you know, in the natural, it's not light. It's not even close to light. And we'll talk about a little bit of, of the specific things that Paul went through here in just a little while. But he calls these things for our light affliction because it's nothing in comparison to because it's only for a moment, he says, but it works for works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So in comparison to what God has in store for the believer who endures persecution, who endures hardships and trials and, and perplexity and being cast down and, and surrounded on every side but never destroyed, for the believer... Somebody say amen for the believer who endures through these things. He can understand because those things are just for a moment for this life is but a vapor. It's here one minute and, and gone the next. He says these things are nothing because there is something that is working within us. And that something exceeds any trial, any tribulation. It, it supersedes any negative situation that might come against me and hold me in a place of uh, being uncomfortable or in a place of uh, pain or suffering. He says, because there was something that's coming that's in store for the believer that carries an eternal weight of glory. 
I'm preaching right now and I'm preaching a lot better than some of y'all typing amen. He goes on, he says, Paul is teaching us that what we suffer now can't be compared to the glory in heaven that awaits us. In fact, he says that our suffering is light when compared to the weight or the abundance or the eminence and the excellence of heaven's glory. You see, but Paul never conceals the fact that there are hardships and sufferings, not just for preaching the gospel, which will take place, but in every area of your life. And Paul never concealed this fact. Christ never concealed this fact. The Bible never conceals this fact from us. See, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul writes in reference to certain false teachers who are going around questioning uh, Paul's apostolic authority and, and just questioning Paul as uh, not, not having the authority to preach in the manner and teach in the manner and establish churches in the manner that he's been going around uh, doing it, it, it with his life. So there, was these, there were these false teachers who were going around just doing everything they could to trash Paul's reputation and question his authority. But Paul refutes their lies to the church at Corinth and their accusations and begins to tell the Corinthian church about what he had suffered for the name of Christ that gave credence to his apostolic authority. That he wasn't just some guy who talked the talk, but he was someone who walked the walk. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 28. <clears throat> in verse 23, he says, Are they ministers of Christ, talking about these teachers that were, that were slandering his reputation? He says, I speak as a fool, but I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. <clears throat> in journeyings often. In perils of water. In perils of robbers. In perils of mine own countrymen in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness, in painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. You see, Paul suffered greatly for his commitment to the furtherance of the gospel. And this reference that he makes here in 2 Corinthians 11 to 40 stripes save one basically means that he was beaten within an inch of his life. He was beaten 40 stripes save one. They gave him 39 because that 40th one probably would have done him in. It probably would have been the end of his life. He was beaten within just an inch or just a moment of his death. 
not just once, mind you, but five times the Apostle Paul, 40 stripes, saved one. Three times he was beaten with clubs. Once he was stoned, three times shipwrecked. Paul suffered danger from rivers and robbers and people he had known for years, both the heathen and his own countrymen. He says in the city and the country and from so-called believers who ended up turning out to be false friends. Paul's been without sleep. He's been hungry and thirsty and overwhelmed with the anxiety that comes from establishing and building and caring for all of these churches that were being established in the early times of Christianity. Imagine the burden and the weight on this brother's shoulders. This brother had a heavy load to bear. And honestly, when we read these verses, they're not exactly promoting or shouting any type of earthly victory. Here is Paul not boasting in a prideful way, but conveying the truth about how he has laid his life down for the sake of the gospel, laying out all of these things that he has suffered simply because he had a heart for preaching the, the name of Jesus Christ so that others can receive the blessings that he had received. Remember, Paul was a man who once persecuted the church, who once killed other Christians until he had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ that changed his life forever. And it freed him from a place of bondage that he didn't even know that he was entangled in. And God opened up his, eye, his eyes and gave him sight so he could see the truth that was found in the freedom of Jesus Christ, which made every part of the journey that he had to endure worth every moment. But when you read this, he's not promoting in this, with these trials that he's faced, these sufferings that he's faced, it doesn't sound like any victory that you and I would want to, to receive or to partake in. It doesn't really sound like victory at all. But the picture we get here is of a, a man of God who's suffering and enduring some very heavy things for the sake of the gospel. And what Paul is teaching us here is this, that we're all going to face some hard times that are going to test our faith as we move forward to get where God is trying to take us. And turning back to our main text this morning in 2 Corinthians 4, we read again in verse 17. We have to remember that while our light affliction, although these things that you're going through and what Paul was going through, it doesn't sound light, but when we put them in its proper perspective, in light of the fact that one day we're going to receive this exceeding and eternal weight of glory, then our perspective of these trials, of these sufferings, it completely changes. We begin to see that it's nothing in comparison to what God has in store for the believer. 
Something else that we get from this text is this, is that we're not always going to come out on top in this earthly life. And we're not always going to win every battle the way that we think that we're supposed to. You see, but the beauty is this, is that we don't have to win every battle in this war. There'll be plenty of times where we're beat down and, and shaken and, and just tossed all over the place, but we won't be destroyed. We, won't, we may be persecuted, but we'll never be abandoned. See, the beauty is that we don't have to win every single battle to win the war. Like the writer of Ecclesiastes said, the race does not belong to the swift. You, say, you see, you may be running along swiftly right now, or you, you may be running along with people passing by you left and right. I don't know exactly where you may be in this life right now. But if that's you and you're running around and people are passing you by on every corner, that just means you have to keep going. You have to keep going so that you can finish this race and finish it strong. In verse, in verse 2 in 2 sec, uh, Corinthians 11, I'm sorry, in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 23, Paul says about his perseverance that he has labored more than all of his haters who are out there spreading lies and, and slandering his reputation. He said, I've labored and done more for the kingdom's sake and for the gospel's sake than any of these people. And honestly, that sounds like a pretty common theme that still goes, that's still at work within the body of, of Christ today and, and in the church today. You'll have those people who, you know, are at every moment slandering an, another brother's reputation, you know, say, running them down and saying they're not doing enough or they shouldn't be doing ministry like this or doing ministry like that. But they've not done half the things for the kingdom's sake that this brother has. And I want to warn us to be careful of having that mindset. So Paul says about his perseverance that he has labored more than any of them. And in verse 26, he says that he's traveled constantly all over the place, spreading the gospel and establishing churches just to build the kingdom of God. And what we see here is that even in the midst of great hardship and suffering, Paul continued to work harder than anyone else. We see that even though he went through these great times of suffering, like most have never even thought about going through, Paul kept pressing forward toward the, might, the prize of the high calling found in, in Christ Jesus. And this clearly shows us that although Paul suffered many things, he endured and never stopped moving forward. He was able to endure some of the most intolerable situations and conditions and still continue to work hard with everything that he had for the gospel. In the famous words of Rocky Balboa, it's not how hard you can hit. It's how hard you can get hit, but yet still keep going. You see, we've all seen many Christians fall apart and unravel under trials and tribulations. And I'll be honest, if I can, I've been on the brink of this very same thing myself many times before. 
just on the verge of just falling all apart and just being unraveled and full of anxiety and fear and, and just uncertainty. But yet God has never forsaken me and abandoned me. And even in the midst of all of those times to where I, I couldn't I couldn't understand how I would be able to make it one more second, one more moment. Yet I'm still standing here today. I wasn't destroyed during that time. God saw me through and I stand on my experience as I preached about last week. The experience that produces hope and that hope makes not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which God has given unto us that believe in him. See, I've seen many Christians who get hit and go down and not just go down, but stay down and miss out on so many of the blessings of serving God. Well, we prayed just last night, or I'm sorry, just Thursday night in reference to, I just felt the Lord was, was laying it on my heart to pray for those people out there who have lifted their voice up and just begged and pleaded with God to do something and to move on behalf of a certain situation that they were facing and they were going through, but yet he didn't do what they were asking of him to do. And, and they viewed this as, as God not answering their prayer, as to turning a deaf ear and a blind eye to their plight. And God laid it on my heart to pray for those people because the reality is this, is that God knows what we need more than we know. So we may ask God to move on our behalf and to get us out of a certain trial or a certain situation or to heal us of a disease or a sickness or to heal someone that we love from a disease or a sickness. But yet maybe God doesn't do what we're asking him to do. But that doesn't mean that he's not listening. That doesn't mean that he's turned a deaf ear and a blind eye. That it just means that God knows what we need more than we do. And a couple on Tuesday, I preached a little bit on Romans 8, 26 and 27, where it talks about that, that we are weak in our flesh. And although we don't know what to pray for, as we ought to know, the Holy Spirit begins to intercede on our behalf, lifting up intercessions and prayers on our behalf to the Father and Jesus Christ. Because we don't because he knows what we need a lot better than we do. And so, so the reality is that we have to come to a place in our life to where we say, God, it's not my will, but your will be done. God, I'll lift my voice up in prayer and ask you to the best of my ability. But Lord, at the end of the day, I want what you have for me above any of it. You see, we don't have to be that person that gets hit and stays down and misses out on the blessings that come from serving God Almighty. This is why we set our eyes on things above and not things below. We set our eyes on the things that are, are eternal, not the things of this earth that are temporal. Because even though you may be going through the toughest situation that, and you might be thinking, nobody can relate to what is happening in my life right now. You have no idea. And there are some very horrific examples that I could give you of some situations that Lord, I hope I have to never endure. I hope my kids never have to endure. I hope none of you ever have to endure. But if, if, we, if you do, please understand that God has not forsaken you. 
The apostle Peter said that the trials of your faith are more precious than gold because God is doing a work. He's not sending the trial and these terrible things against you. That's just the fallen state of this world that we live in. God didn't didn't tell the Jews and make the Jews go off and and whip uh, the Apostle Paul 40 times minus one, five different occasions, beat him with clubs and stone him. God didn't make Paul's ship get wrecked in the middle of the ocean as he was going to, to serve for his kingdom. But these are the conditions of this fallen world. And if that's you, you're going through these Pauline style situations or you're saying what I'm going through is even worse and beyond what you're explaining right now. If that's you, please understand that God is willing and ready to do a work in your life through these situations. The Bible says that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. So my challenge to you is this, is that if that's you, Get to, and none of the stuff that you've been trying is working. Come to that place to where you say, try this. Just try coming to the place to where you say, Lord, I've tried everything else, but now I'm going to try trusting you. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give thee rest. That's what Jesus said. Allow God to do a work in your life through these situations. Allow your pain, allow your suffering to mold you and shape you into a soldier that could never have been been created or established or, you know, that you could never get to this place of 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 uh, just this this place of being this great soldier for the Lord's cause to be able to take your situation, to be able to take your trials, your tribulations and turn them around and use your experience to shed light into the life of somebody else, to help somebody else overcome whatever it is that has overcame them like your past had once overcome you until you found freedom in Christ Jesus. So we don't have to be that person who gets hit by the hard blows of life and stays down. We can get up and keep moving. And this, and, and again, this is why we set our eyes on things above, the eternal things of God and not things below not on the things and the distractions of the enemy but on the things of God because we know that every person will face trials and we know that this is just one of the the facts of life it's as real as having to breathe oxygen to endure trials and tribulations whether it's gospel related like we see with the apostle Paul here or just the trials that life brings it doesn't matter because the point is that we're all going to face trials and tribulations of many kinds. Remember what Jesus said in John 16, 33, that in this life you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. He says in me, you can have peace because I've overcome the world. In Acts 14, 22, he says, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. Why would you have to exhort someone to continue in the faith? Well, because they were being afflicted and persecuted and going through trials, unbelievable trials and persecutions. And so they had to exhort 
the, the souls of the disciples speaking past the brain, but speaking to the souls of the disciples that they must continue in the faith because that we must through much tribulation. He says it's through much tribulation that we enter into the kingdom of God. That's a heavy scripture. He says this race that we are in is not about what we can get, but it's about what we can endure. Because what we endure, God turns around and uses it not just for your good, not just for my good, but for the good of everyone else that God wants us to put us into contact with. He says that because there are going to be times when you're going to experience the heaviness of this life, there are going to be times when you're going to be challenged in ways that you've never been challenged before. There are going to be times when you're going to face severe situations of burdens and sufferings. There are going to be times of pressures and troubles and afflictions and anguish and burdens. So the question is, how will you respond when these times come? How will you respond when the hard blows of life come against you and knock the breath right out of you? Will you forget everything that you've heard and read and, and, and heard preached from the word of God? Or will you press into him like you never have before, pressing into his faithfulness? And will you per persevere to the end? You see, my challenge to you here today is this, is that you must begin to train harder than you ever have for the race that you are in for the kingdom's sake. Because remember, this race is not to the swift. Keeping in mind that if you don't prepare yourself to be, to be able to endure the hard blows that this life will begin to throw at you, while things are going well for you, then you're going to be in some serious trouble later on when they rear their ugly head right in front of you. See, this is one of the greatest lessons that I've had to learn in my life. And I'm fortunate to be able to learn it. See, I don't want to, I don't want to wait. And I've done this the majority of my life up until the past several years. I've always waited to train to overcome life's obstacles and life's hurdles when they are already upon me. But I don't want to do that. I want to wait till they're right here upon me. I want to always be training. I want to be the one who crosses the finish line, even though I may have felt like giving up along the way. I want to be the one who endures to the end. You wouldn't believe the amount of people that I've talked to and I've counseled along the way that just can't seem to understand this simple principle. And their lives are in a constant state of extreme highs one minute and extreme lows the next. And there's just no stability whatsoever. And they were honestly miserable. As I've been in times past, tossed to and fro with just every wind of doctrine, every wind of life and storm of life, tossed to and fro. Maybe that's been you. Maybe God has you here right now to listen to this message for this very reason. Because I'm here to tell you that you can find stability in your life. You can learn how to pace yourself and train yourself to endure any obstacle that the world throws in your path. And it starts right here 
right here in this Bible. The Word of God, your sword, your strength, the light for your dark path. When everything else is dark around you, the Scripture, the Word of God, will be a light to guide you to where you're trying to go. When you're able to get to a place to where you say, Lord, it's not my will, but your will be done in my life. That's the goal. Why? Because I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of getting beat up time and time again, losing every battle, losing against every situation, every hard time that comes against me. I fold, I cave. And that's what's going to happen if you don't train during the good times to overcome the hard times. I'm not going to wait for the hard times to get to me. I'm not going to wait till, you know, just the middle of a storm and, you know, something crazy is coming against me. Oh, well, hold on a second. You know, storm, I need you to wait for a second. I got to go read and ask God, you know, what I'm supposed to do next. No, God is trying to tell you what to do during those times, even now. And that's trust in him, no matter what you're going through. So if you're tired of losing, that's my challenge to you today. To begin to train right now, even if your life is going well, even if everything is going fine, to begin training right now and preparing yourself for the battle that's to come. Next week, we're going to continue in this same series on endurance and perseverance. And we're going to look at the blessings that come as a result of pressing through. So if you'll bow your heads with me, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we're just overcome with the thought and the idea that, Father, your word says that we are to rejoice and thank you even for the troubled times that come against us. And Lord, that we should thank you that we even had the opportunity because it's these troubled times that begin to mold us and shape us more and more into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. And so, Father, I'm asking you right now that you would give every person under the sound of my voice the strength to continue to persevere, to continue to endure, to continue to fight the good fight of faith so that they can cross that finish line at the end of the race. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunities that you've given to me to be able to learn even the hard lessons of this life. They've been the most valuable to help me get to the place to where I am right now. So you, you were faithful to see me through then. I have faith that you'll be faithful to see me through now and forevermore. I love you. I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Be blessed. Take care. And I'll see you on Tuesday or Wednesday. Amen.